This episode brought to you by Samaritan Village and Tomas Lares, founder of United Abolitionists. You've just joined In the Stillness with Dawn Strobeck. In the deep dwelling place where stillness settles your heart and refreshes your soul, where the voice of God is just a little more lucid and a little less clouded, he waits to hold this sacred space just for you. You've just joined in the stillness with Dawn Strobeck. Today we're going to talk about tender strength. And so we're going to start off with some scriptures. The first one is first from 1 Chronicles 16.11. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. And Exodus says, the Lord is my strength and my defense. First Samuel says, the bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. And then I look at the Gospels, and in the Gospel of Luke, as Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he is at his weak, a really weak point before his crucifixion. The scripture says that he was sweating blood, and he was sent an angel from heaven to strengthen him. One of the troubling parts of our human nature is that we are made to actually question God. Um, We have a powerful mind, sometimes an analytical mind, that can really ask deep and powerful questions of God. He gave us this mind. So when we use it in this way, it's, it's okay He gave us a mind to think about who he is and to know him from this place. This sort of knowing can be good because it deepens deepens our experience of him. But at times, like Eve, we can maybe take that too far. We can lean too much on our intellect and not enough on our faith. We begin to want to know all that God knows, mostly, so that we can feel safe. We want to feel self-sufficient and strong in our self-reliance. We want the knowledge of good and evil. Maybe we don't want to actually be God, but we certainly want to be in control. And we want to create a future, sometimes through positive thoughts and self-talk. And although those things are not bad in and of themselves, they often can lead to more of a false strength, a white-knuckling experience. I will, I will, I will, I'll talk myself into it. God is the only one that can bestow real strength, the kind that houses the gentle tenderness of a child, but the willing fierceness of a warrior. We can only pretend and imitate this false strength without God as the source. And this pretending creates the false self. When we are young, part of our parents' role is to help us depend on them so that we learn how to depend on God. But if our parents are too fragile, self-absorbed, maybe too tired or busy from all the demands of life, or if they are enablers, or they're 
just plain imperfect. We will not learn how to be weak in a healthy way. There will be no greater strength to rest in, to lean on, or to surrender to. We will begin to develop a false strength that claims strength, but doesn't acquire it through weakness and brokenness, but rather through isolation, self-protection, or pursuit of others to fill the void. When there is no strength to lean on as a child, we find ways to convince ourselves that we are okay. And this works for a while. This convincing, though, creates a little superego, a superhero inside, if you will. It is a superego or a superhero that can overcome insecurity in a single bound. But unbeknownst to us, it is only a fictional character that we created to help us when we needed strength. What can this look like? Well, we all try to self-protect sometimes and to create elaborate systems to gain strength from within instead of being vulnerable and letting God enter the place of hurt, weakness, insecurity, and confusion. We choose the kind of strength that is continually trying to prove self-worth and self-importance. It is the kind of strength that says, I am in control. I am self-confident. I am competent. In his book, New Seeds of Contemplation, Thomas Merton, the prominent writer and the American Trappist monk said, all sin starts from the assumption that my false self the self that exists only in my egocentric desires is the fundamental reality to which everything else is ordered. There, I use up my life in the desire for pleasures and the thirst for experience, for power, honor, knowledge, and love to clothe this false self and construct its nothingness into something objectively real. And I wind experiences around myself and cover myself with pleasures and glory like badges in order to make myself perceptible to myself and to the world. As if I were an invisible body that could only become visible when something visible covered its surface. False bravado will not get us through the darkest days. It will not carry us because at the core it is nothing more than a desert mirage, promising water yet delivering none. False strength will not deliver life because it is about us, the created, and not about him, the creator, the giver of strength. If you are going around life trying to control and convince others to live like you, to love like you, to affirm you, then you are probably living in a false self. We all have a little bit of it. A false self seeks the false to make it feel alive. It seeks the false reality because the false reality matches what is going on in the inside. 
The yellow brick road is paved with hard realities. But if we keep thinking that the wizard or the false self is the answer, then we will not find our way back home. Home is God, and God is not false. He doesn't enter false attempts to find strength. He's looking for those who choose to live in reality like his son. He looks for those who realize they are weak and broken, just like our Jesus was for us, not to stay broken, but to commune with him so that he then gives them strength. Jesus was ever-present to the world in which he lived. He never went around preaching that we were destined for happiness here on earth, promoting some sort of false reality. As a matter of fact, he actually says things are going to be tough and the road is narrow. It will cost you, but you will find deep, deep abiding joy when you are in deep connection with him through your weakness. Jesus was not anxious about his job or his role in the course of history. He knew that his strength would come from his father. He knew that even as he spent his last free moments before the cross in prayer, he would be filled with strength. He needed this time with his father so that strength would be available to him when his moment came. Remember back to that scripture? The angel visited him in the Garden of Gethsemane and filled him with strength. He would need this strength from his father to stay the course and not do the easy thing, to call on legions of angels to deliver him, which he certainly could do. But no, he was filled with godly strength, the same strength that we have access to through him. When the strength comes from God, it will feel restful, not anxious, not controlling, and not distant. It will be a warm, inviting strength that says, I am his and he is mine. 